Love and Watches is a podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team, bringing you the latest in news, gossip, controversy, and anything else that matters in the world of watches. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. This is Ranch Racer. And this is Perpetual Girl. And welcome to episode oh God, 18. Is this 18? This is 18. 18. We're on episode 18. Hard to imagine. Um, We're legal. And we are recording. <laughs> so actually, you guys are listening to this on New Year's Day. We are recording on New Year's Eve. Um, so it's Today been, is Ranch Racer's birthday. Oh, I knew you were going to throw that out there. Yay. Happy birthday. It is my birthday. So yeah, we did a little uh, breakfast with some friends this morning and and uh, just been kind of kind of relaxing but we got our our new year's eve uh beverages with us today and mm-hmm. we're gonna try to stay up till at least east coast new year that would be big for us because usually we fall asleep before east coast new year and mm-hmm. that's three hours ahead yeah so. we're like the chickens they go to sleep we go to sleep yeah so uh but it's been kind of a relaxing day we just got off of uh mike and kaz of our our sister podcast you work watch snobs <laughs> they were doing their uh their live stream so that was fun but uh Speaking of time differences, uh, we're very excited today. We have an, our second guest um, of the podcast is on today, and we will be introducing him in just a moment. I actually, so the first time I heard about this guy was from Mike and Kaz. I think he was, I think he was the first guest on their show, like the second or third show they did. So they started bringing guests on pretty quickly into their show, and and uh, so I learned about this gentleman and, and his business and. Uh, since then we've gotten to know him over Instagram and we've bought a lot of his products and, and, uh, really like what he does and thought he'd be a, a great person to have on the show. Uh, so with that, I want to introduce to all you guys, Terry Williams of Toxic Natives. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on gang? We're Not good. much. How's it out in Colorado Springs? Cold? Frigid. <laughs> Stormy. Yeah, it was in the high 20s yesterday, which isn't high to you guys, but it was sunny. Now today it's God, high know, 14 and we've had high 20s looks here. Looks like Seattle weather, times. no sun. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's miserable today. We, we've I think since we've lived here, we've had high 20s we've maybe had high twice, 20s, yeah. but I don't do that well. We have to actually cover our little old elderly donkeys when it gets that yeah, cold. Yeah, it gets pretty. I bet. That's yeah, it gets gets toasty we for We might her have to cover her tonight. Yeah, we might have to. Well, we're lucky here is that we have over 300 days of sunshine. So 20 degrees and sunny, you will see a lot of Colorado people walk around with shorts on. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if it, and it gives you a, a, I don't even know how you explain it, but if it's cloudy, then you don't feel as good about it uh, as you would when it's sunny. You actually, it feels more manageable when it's sunny. Sure, you know? sure. And I have family from. Aurora. So I've been out there quite a bit and it's definitely sunny. I haven't been to Aurora. Colorado Springs is one of the only places in Colorado I visited and it was beautiful. I went through there. I'm like, yeah, I could live here. It's a really pretty place. And reasonably priced. Is <laughs> that's it? another mm-hmm. key factor. Yeah. Yes. That we definitely can't say that the same about yeah. where we are. It's ridiculous. What's your well, elevation there, was. Terry? I think we're at 6,200. <gasps> oh, uh, that's up there. When we're, I go to Aurora, to it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. What is Aurora? I don't even. I know. think they're probably about five thousand where my sister was, and I always oh. have trouble when I go there. Yeah, 
big time. Is that due to elevation or is that yes, due to change alti- of altitude. people? <laughs> no, 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 just the, al- the altitude, the oxygen, <laughs> oxygen deprivation. So I'm usually messed up the first night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll throw your equilibrium off and everything. Well, we're, I mean, we're at like, I think we're like 12, Four, we're 1200. 1400. Are we 1400? I think so. But just like driving to Reno and they're. Ugh. Like, Four, I think they're like forty five hundred feet, and it's like I'm dead when I'm over in Reno. I just can't handle. Oh man, we're man. just we're just horrible. drink a beer and you pass out. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's like we're lucky if we can get dinner down. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Usually the day we get over there, we're usually asleep <laughs> by like six thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's like you become like sixty eight years old uh-huh. like automatically <laughs> or older. Yep. Yeah, you're like, where's the recliner, honey? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, so. Terry, normally the first thing we do before we kind of get into to uh, why you're here and talking about toxic natives, usually we do a quick, a quick uh, wrist check, and you're our guest, so we're going to let you uh, kick it off. Uh, okay. So today I'm wearing the uh, Seiko uh, Marine Master 200, I guess you call it, or Baby Marine Master, whatever you want to call it, the SBD-C063. Yeah. Um, one of the few watches I actually know the model number for because my memory's horrible. Uh, it happens and, as you get uh, older, man. I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm, I'm right at 50, so... Oh, me yeah. too. Hey, welcome I, to the club. I carry a little notepad everywhere, and then I forget it. <laughs> I'm always like, what's the point of them if you forget it, damn it? But, uh, yeah, and of course it's on a... And believe it or not, the... I wear mainly the toxic rolls on everything because I like a simple strap. Okay. So it's on that strap. And of course it's the one I put in the fireplace the other day. So it is still operational. <gasps> I have to but, say uh, something about that. That was one of our first <laughs> questions was like, what is up with the watch in the, on the log? Oh, we were cracking up, man. That was so Was funny. that a test? Well, it was just me being. <laughs> it, it's a, it, it's a thing. I, it occurs frequently. In, in my gene pool so uh <laughs> in all honesty i was just being goofy i was just making a fire and i was like that'd be the coolest pick but of course it the was pick a cool didn't turn out too well and then my battery died on my camera so i'm like so i'm like i can't leave it in there that long <laughs> just like <laughs> leave the watch trying to the charge fire. my battery i'm like what the heck hurry up well, i'm oh, assuming man. that's an open hearth too like a fireplace it's not like a like ours is a wood stove it's a literal metal box that you actually heat your house with so yours is yours an open hearth well it's an insert yeah it's, it's a it's okay. more like okay. a fireplace so, fireplace yeah. ours fireplace. is an actual yeah, yeah ours, ours is, is actual stove. stove i mean if we put a watch in well, there yours is melt. the kind i want oh yeah. really yours yeah. is the kind of home where mine is just a decorative piece of right okay yeah, yeah. um so probably not and, nearly uh, as much heat as ours n- no at least for uh, a short but, amount of time <laughs> It got pretty damn hot. <laughs> I lit myself up getting it out. But it's Dia nice. Shield. That stuff's impossible to. Don't you oh, read Seiko's? I know, you man. Know, Seriously. Bragging rights about Dia Shield? Yeah. Can't affect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. But, uh... <laughs> uh, that's cool. Well, that that is an awesome watch. You've done a lot of posting with that watch. It's uh, That is a sweet looking watch. You know, it's, it's stolen my wrist pretty much. And, uh, Unfortunately, I am a watch flipper, so I don't know how much longer it has to go. Mm. But uh, I just can't keep watches. That's been that way since the '80s. That's so. interesting. We're we're the well, op- we're, we're kind well, of the opposite. But we're we're starting to think about that. It's like if you yeah 
you enjoy it for a while. And then if you're not enjoying it, you move on to something else and you sell it and then someone else can enjoy it. Right. Right. And, and a lot of them, you know, you buy off of a picture you saw online or form lore, you know, and you buy it and you're like, wow, this feels, feels like a milk can on my wrist. <laughs> yeah. Or, you get sucked in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I try not to have too much money wrapped into watches because at one time I had, you know, about 15, 20,000 wrapped into watches at once. And it's like, is it really called for, you know? Right. What's yeah. the enjoyment of that? You sure. Know? Sure. So. Cool. Uh, you want to go next? Oh, sure. I can go next. Yeah. I'm wearing my Seiko 5. And it's the, I have Second actually, Seiko. I have, yeah, another Seiko. I have the model number SNK795 with the black dial. And this is one of my favorite watches. Well, that's kind of the watch that like you were lusting after a, a, a Rolex um, Explorer. Yeah. I, and you I bought was, that because yeah. it's very similar. And I yeah, saw, I was going to say, isn't that the 36 or something? It is. Like it's 36 yeah. millimeter. Yeah. Those are sweet. It is a nice watch. It's a really nice looking watch. And I... I saw so many Seiko fives on Instagram and I'm like, I really want to be part of this. <laughs> mm. I want to be part of the Seiko five club. Yeah. And I've actually gifted this watch to two different girlfriends and my one girlfriend, Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. She's my goose rescue owner friend. She... Lorraine's husband doesn't care for us very much. Yeah. I think, I think he <laughs> might be a little mad at me. I think he's a little mad at me, but um, I, I gifted her this watch after I adopted this absolutely amazing love bug of a goose from her and um she fell in love with the automatic watch movement and it's got the exhibition back and um i've actually put a uh, gingerbread color dial or um band from barton on there and it, it really gives you that sort of black bay uh tudor black bay 36 or 34 mm -hmm. look and you can do so much with this watch, and it's it's just a really good, trusty, solid. Oh, it's versatile watch. And I was yeah. I was wearing this most of the day yesterday and today, and I have my um I have a silver bangle on with it too. So it's looks good. They match up yeah. nice. Well, that's... I don't have a bangle on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have a bracelet, dude. Yeah, that's a different I do podcast. Have an anklet. I have an anklet on. <laughs> it's like, Is it very fine gold? I had an I had oh, a gold right. anklet in the eighties. Well, mine's made out of like, you know, barbed wire because I'm just that cool. <laughs> uh, didn't Kazan, didn't Two Broke Watch Noms give away that watch a few times, I think? A Seiko 5? I think or they talked about that model a few times. I, they definitely talked about it. I don't, they might have given it away. I don't know. They did give away. I can't remember, but that watch is super versatile. It's I love just it. So day clean. date. You, you wear, you wear yeah, it every day, day, day to anything. I mean, yeah. You can it's... wear it with anything. Yeah. And they have so many different colors. Like the blue dial is more expensive. Oh, is it? And the white, yeah. I, I think, like the black. I think I it, do just, too. it just kind of goes with everything, you know. You know, it'd be sweet. I think if they did a matte gray or something, that'd be sweet. But oh, that would. You know, my my only disappointment with that watch, uh, most people probably wouldn't agree, is that as cheap as it is, I think when you shake it, I expect to hear like a brick flying around or or like loose bolts or something because that watch is so cheap but it's I, not no it's not it's <laughs> it, not it's cheap in price well, it's, it's inexpensive yeah. yeah it's crazy it's I actually mean... really good quality I, I you can't hack it though that's the only problem and you can't manual wind but, it but... That, no i don't even care about it. but if you're wearing it, it all the time it doesn't matter no. well and if i'm worried about you know being off 30 seconds then i don't need a doggone watch 
Yeah, I'm, it doesn't. Oh, matter. I know. That's a good topic because I find that I just like if I'm close, like I look at the, I look at the ridiculous clock on our oven that's like forty years old, and I'm like, oh, one twenty-five. Close <laughs> so enough. It's probably yeah, ten minutes right. off. Whatever. Right. It's close it's enough. Like if I'm off, you know, thirty seconds or something, I need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a thing that we talk a lot about is that when everyone got cell phones. No one wore watches, yeah. and I'm yeah. hearing a lot of older people say, "Yeah, a lot of younger people are wearing um, watches now because it's they don't back. they don't want to have their well, phones right in their face." Yeah, it is trendy right now for sure. It's it's super trendy, and uh, <laughs> I think it caters. There's different styles that cater towards the the current group that that's interested in it, mm-hmm. and then there's an older group that likes a different style of watch. You know, so like you have those uh, are they called movement? Movement watches. Oh, MVMT. Uh, yeah, they just got bought by Movado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like that. Where, and in all honesty, they probably don't work worth a damn anyway. Or Dan but Wellington. Still, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, same yeah, kind right. of thing. Yeah. And yeah. and it's more of a talking point, yeah. I think, or or wearing goofy socks or yeah. a hipster beard. You know, something that's worth talk. They want to talk about with somebody else. I think. Yep. No, for sure. But I, I think that's, I mean, this little single five. Cool. I mean, and you, and you talk about, you expect it to rattle, right? And Kaz, no. Kaz will probably smack me for Not this, like but a, you know, oh, we, I spent yeah. more on our Vostoks than I, I, I did on this little Seiko five. And yeah. it's just so superior in every way. I mean, it's such you know, a good watch. There's a lot of guys that are absolutely blind to Vostoks about how amazing they are. And they are not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've taken ours in our hot tub and dunked it a numerous amount it, of time. It did survive and the dunk. That's so that's far. True. It might have been a full moon because that was <laughs> yeah, not happening. Yeah. Well, we haven't opened it up in a while. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm afraid to open it up. Yeah. I don't want to look inside. You're gonna have you're gonna have a swamp in there. Well, you're it's got have... a scuba guy on it. It should you should be able to, to take it in the spot. Yeah. That implies that implies that doesn't imply anything. <laughs> Didn't IWC just have a watch seat or JLC came out with a watch with a diver on the back of the case and the and Jason Heaton took it diving, and the crown broke oh, off or something. Right, that's right. Yep, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it says in the manual, "Do not dive with it," but it's got a diver on it. Come on. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's a whole that's all marketing, and it's yeah, crazy. Totally, it's well, like the Navy Seal JLC. <laughs> Another joke, but well, either way. I love my Seiko Five. Yeah, that's a good watch. That's a it's good on the watch. front of my. It's right in the front of my watch case, and yeah. it gets a lot of a lot of attention. Yep. While the Vostok is back there drying out, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like a wet dog. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh man, you know, and the, they're. I mean, the Vostoks. Don't get me wrong; they're fun. I love the dials my, on my them. My really, dial is fun beautiful. Looking. It is. And it's, it's and like they serve, they serve a purpose. Totally, they totally serve. They're a purpose. so different. It's like when you just just winding them or doing things with them they're like such a completely different it's like being back feel. in the 50s right in the 60s like, well, soviet, soviet union, union. <laughs> yeah winding it's like cranking up a car with old hand it is 1920s, know. You know? it's yeah. it's pretty fascinating that's a good example that's a good analogy yeah, it's like a <laughs> bow-legged person <laughs> trying to wind. i'm sorry they're janky yeah. <laughs> they're cool so they're they have a lot of ways. personality yeah a lot of personality. yeah character yep. that's what they call it yeah for sure <laughs> uh, all right so i'll i'll kick mine off here and then we'll we'll get into what we're here to talk about so so today i'm wearing um actually a watch that just came in 
Yeah, it probably came in a couple days ago, but it was sitting in the in the lockbox. But this one's in for review. Um, you know, you guys know we don't PG and I we don't do a lot of watch reviews. Um, our main focus is talking to you guys on the podcast. But we, you know, we we do review watches from time to time. And when we do it, we want to make sure it's a brand that we're that we're really interested in that we we think is is worth you know taking our time and their time to uh, to review the watch. So um, it's probably a couple weeks ago. I had been I've been following Notice for a while, and a couple weeks ago I, I reached out to Wes and he sent. Uh, we talked kind of talked about what would be a good piece for Love and Watches specifically to review. And for me, it was the the Contrail 39, right? Because we we were looking for something that would work for any size wrist, male, female, whatever. Unisex and, uh, kind of a thing. Yeah, and so and it's just a good looking watch. So Wes sent out a black dial and actually gray. a matte gray dial and a matte gray. Yeah, so so I've got the black dial on, but uh, just a really, it's almost like a Seiko five, right? I mean, it's just very versatile. It's a nice black dial, really cool. Especially if you look at it under a It's got a, loop. a really wide bezel. It does. It does, yeah. Very wide, like a 45-degree angled, you know, steeply sloped bezel. Um, and it's got like a short lug-to-lug, um, I want to say vertical. It does. I, I didn't measure the lug-to-lug, but it, it, it works well on your wrist. It works yeah, well it on my wrist. Yeah, it looks great on my wrist, and I'm like a yeah, six it's and like a quarter. 47, or I think, or 46. Yeah, I, I'd say probably 46. It, it's, it's, a, it's just a really nice all-around watch um it you know the shape when i look at it the shape almost it almost makes it look really tall but then when i look at it from the side it sits nice and low mm-hmm. on the wrist and it hugs the wrist well so are so, you are you giving your review right now or are you gonna hide you should hide well i'm here. just these are i, I like to kind of <laughs> talk about my first impressions of a watch just, right you're just but you're you're spilling anyway, the cup is spilling over it is that's what happens with me right um so well, that's what i'm that wearing too i I think with that thicker bezel, that probably makes it look like it's a taller watch. But in reality, you know how people say you can you can pick a watch up and feel the quality in it. Yep. I felt that in that watch and the Avalon at wind up this oh, year. Oh, the Avalon is beautiful. It is a pretty watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's a little bit bigger than uh, Seiko SRP or Turtle or whatever you want to call it. I right. don't. I don't like to call him a turtle because I just think it's a cushion case diver. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, 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 the Avalon's a little bit bigger than that, but the finish on the case blows away the SRP and then some. But the Contrail, I really, I really liked them. But like you said, even if you don't like to watch, it's hard not to like the owners. Yes, the owners yeah. are really great guys. Anybody who puts that much effort into a product, uh, I can easily stand behind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there there's so many micro brands these days, right? I mean, everyone decides that they can build a better watch or do it for less money or whatever. And you know, some of them are good, some, most of them are most of them are junk. Let's face it. But these guys really put the time into it. And uh, um, I don't think they came into the business just to make money. Like most the current the current market right now, it seems a lot are coming into the micro brand world just to make more money. Yep. And I think they actually came into it with their heart. I, and yeah, I agree. A need. Yep. So um, yep. you can't replace that with money. I'm sorry. 
No, and I don't think they're the guys that, you know, go to the Hong Kong Watch Fair with 15 grand and start a watch brand. I mean, they they were passionate no. about it and they thought long and hard about it and they've really produced what looks to be a really good product and, you know, we'll have them for a couple of weeks, so we're we're going to develop some opinions uh of these things, but uh so far what I see is is really impressive. And for the record, I think they came with 18 grand. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so a little bit more. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, so so perpetual girl just left and came back, and she's got the gray dial on. And nice. Uh, yeah, it just wears real nice. It's I a really matte like gray. It. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a sweet gray. It's because it it doesn't. I don't know. It absorbs light instead of reflects a lot. So it. I think it's more legible as a matte. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely. Legible. And they didn't put a. And they didn't put a crazy inner dome on the crystal that ruins the dial. You know, it's actually readable. That's that's another pet peeve of mine lately. A lot of brands are coming out with, including Seiko. Don't put a crazy inner dome on it unless I'm an absolute diver because it sucks out of the water. It's perfect in the water, but outside of the water, I can't read it, you know? Yeah, and that's kind of... You know, I've I've reviewed some watches that have that, and it's it's very much a slave to the vintage trend, and you know the yeah a lot of you know a lot of guys like that. They they want to see that curve, and they want to get the distortion on the edges. And mm-hmm. I but personally, I'm not. And a it's fan actually of it, sexy. But... I think it looks good on certain dials, uh, like my Scurfus. I love the domed mm-hmm. inner dome mm-hmm. crystal, but he didn't clutter the dial, so it's still really uh, readable. Right. But but when you have too much going on on the inside already, and then you throw on this crazy purple anti-reflective coating and then a dome, it's like, wow, dude, you just ruined. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't appreciate it. It's like, I can't even see the damn time. <laughs> yeah. Give me my cell phone, damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? seriously. It's but, got, uh, I mean, watch has to be legible, first of all, you know. So. Right. I won't mention the brand I'm thinking of right now, but, you know, <laughs> they... They do that a lot. And it's like, yeah, it gives it a vintage feel. But if you really want to do a vintage feel, put a top hat in it. Yeah, there no you go. Refle- <laughs> no reflection, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, exactly. and this, and this, this size is actually a really wearable size for me. And you're yeah. wearing it. And it looks fantastic. I mean, it looks fantastic on you. I think it looks good on both yeah. of us. And, and you've got the and our wrist up. sizes are a full, basically a full inch yeah. off. And yeah. it looks good on, on wow. both. So, yeah. it's And the, the gray really almost blends in with the stainless steel so it's very monochromatic yeah, and modern I like it. and the black is a little different so it's you know there's a lot of different twists with this one yeah I i'm already amazed right now you said a word i i've never been able to say mono something oh, oh monochromatic <laughs> i'm an art major i have a degree in art that's my old life i have a I bachelor's a degree words. in art we we be smart here on Raven watches <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're smart hillbillies. Well, I'm sorry <laughs> that I showed up to this podcast. No, no, no. You're going to go away going, what the hell? That's all right. I, I, one of my favorite things is spelling. So it's just kind of something that works in my brain. Yeah. So that's why I, I started editing Ranch Racers reviews. When, I, was, when I started yeah, writing for Wristwatch writing, Review, yeah. And that's how I kind of got oh, into nice. this whole thing, yeah. which is funny. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast, but... We have. This was all your idea, pretty much. Well, we'd sit around and have these huge, yeah. in-depth conversations about why watch companies don't make watches for women's size, yep. and they think we just want diamonds and rose gold, and and we don't. We want the same exact watch, but just a little smaller. Right. So, seeing a watch, you know, in a like the Seiko Five and a Thirty Six, is 
you know, it's a perfect size for us. And we have a guy in our red bar group who's, he's not a big guy. You're like six inches. He's, yeah, he's like my height. And he, yeah. he, he and I can actually share watches. They fit, my mm-hmm. watch fits him. So he's got wow. some that Does I just. Does he eat meat? What's that? I, I don't know, actually. Does he eat meat? Does he, does he <laughs> eat meat? Oh, no. He's, he's, I don't uh, know. No, he's, he's just a small, a small guy. Yeah. yeah, he's small. Too much damn kale. <laughs> no, I, I love kale. <laughs> we do eat kale You know, kale that's here. impossible. We do, too. But that's impossible to love it. To love it? It's like the, the only way you can love it is throw it in the pan with a little butter. Oh, yeah. And, and have you air air oh. air dried it into chips? Like, oh, yeah. that, do, oh my good. gosh. I have a dehydrator. But that's the only way. You have to modify it. You can't love kale. Not... Well, I do love. What kale. is that shirt? You have a kale shirt, don't you? Um, yeah, yeah I have, I have several kale it shirts. Never leaves from, the house. It's from uh, Mercy for Animals. Is a is a group that goes out and they do undercover to oh, expose that's right. factory farming animals, abuses, right. and it's uh, kale all the time or something like that. Kale. It's funny. What does it say? I don't know, it, but I just know there's a big. It just says kale on the front. It's a big green T-shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna... ours says got kale. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to go look. All right, you want to uh, say the next topic? Yeah, I, well, I want to get into our main topic because, um, you know, we so Terry, when we we first heard you on on uh, Two Work Watch Knobs, and you know, first thing I did is go check your site and bought a couple of your your straps, and and then pretty soon, oh, kale by the pound. There you go. She just showed me your shirt. <laughs> kale by the pound. That's funny. Oh, um, but anyway, so we you know we actually became pretty big fans of your straps. Um, because like most watch collectors, you know, we've bought the the $5 straps and even the $20 straps off of Amazon that are, you know, toast in, in three months. And, and, uh, and so, they're just, they're just stiff and uncomfortable and yeah. And so we, I mean, we became fans of the brand and we really like what you stand for, but, um, you know, I, I kind of would just like to have you tell our listeners what, what, what drove you to get into this? Cause we know it wasn't money. Right, none of us make any money in the watch <laughs> in the watch broke. business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn it! They told me I was going to get rich. Get, yeah, you're you're, you're not quite. Said. You haven't quite hit the million dollar mark yet. I'm sure, but I mean, there right. had to be a reason for why you said I, I got this. Ha- this has to happen. I got to do this. Well, if I was smart, I would have been like David Chabelle and bought a truck full of cool cigarettes and sold those <laughs> instead of. <laughs> You'd have made more money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. In all honesty, uh, I don't even know if I've said this before on a podcast, but the fact of the matter is I was not a NATO guy uh, up till like three years ago or four years ago. And um, there's a, a watch forum I go to a lot called the Dive Watch Connection, and that's pretty much where I hang my hat and have been for about nine years or so. Um, and the reason why I like the forum, first off, is because it's no BS cut to the chase type forum they call it the way they see it nothing sugar-coated nothing sponsored blah 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 i like that that's what i think toxic natives is a part of um so i owned a lot of i own quite a few grand seikos and rolexes over the last i don't know 15 years huge seiko guy always been a seiko guy even though they're really disappoint me with quality control last few years but I'm, i'm sticking with them for a little while yeah and um um, so I had my fourth Seiko Marine Master <laughs> and, uh, yes, I'm a little thick, so I had to buy it four times to, and I owned it. 
I think the first time I owned it about a year or something like that. And of course, I listened to a lot of form hype, so I put a dome sapphire crystal in it, which ruined the dial. And then I nice. put a Rolex crown and tube in it because everybody said, "Oh, it needs a triple lock gasket." Blah blah blah. Oh jeez, yeah. it did not. Yeah. But I put one in. It. But uh, either way, and so when I got to my fourth Marine Master, I was like, you know what? These watches are really uncomfortable on my wrist. How do I make it more comfortable? And multiple guys were like, you need to try it on NATO strap or, or whatever. And I'm like, dude, those are cheap straps. I'm not putting that on my watch. <laughs> and I hear that today, you know, from people. And I'm like, you know, they were cheap straps. And, and then somebody told me about a particular brand that sells uh, straps in my price range, in in the price range we sell in currently, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'll order some straps from them. And uh, the straps showed up, and they were the wrong size. I was like, man. Mm. So I shipped them back overseas and said, hey, you know, sent them pictures, said, hey, it's the wrong strap, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, okay, I'll switch them out. Cool. month later, no straps, no nothing. So I pinged him, and he basically said, I don't need your money. I'm so busy that I can shut down weeks at a time to fill orders and then open back up and wow. still make money. So you can, you know, pound sand. That's a saying we say in the military, basically. It's a good pound way to get sand. a reputation. In the airline industry. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, this guy's been in business a long time, especially the strap business and watch business. And, and he's, he's still in business now. And then, so uh, at the time, my wife was in the hospital going through chemo. So uh, we were talking, and she's like, what's your problem? You know, because what I do is uh, when I have a problem, I don't talk about it. I'm really quiet and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, what's going on? And So I told you're a guy. Story. What you're saying is you're just a guy because we're yeah, pretty much all the same, right? Yeah. 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 I, I've been told that a yeah. thousand times. <laughs> so uh, I was like, you know, here's the deal. I told her, and she's like, what a, you know. She said some very choice words, and she's like, how's this guy still in business? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, you can do better than that. And I was like, oh. no, I can't. I can't. I can't sell. I don't. I, I can't lie to people. I, she's like, why would you lie to them? Just come up with a product that you think's better that you can stand behind. And not. she didn't say uh, put them out of business, but provide something that you didn't get. Sure. And, and I said, yeah. And she goes, just make a better product, you know? So I was like, well, at the time, it, I've only been in business three years. So at that time, there's there was other brands that were doing a good job already. But I thought there was a niche, uh, an area that uh, uh, I could have filled at, at that time. And um, so I started and then... She asked me how much money I had. I was like 78 bucks. <laughs> She's like, well, that's going to hurt. And so, but I, I don't have Virgin. In, uh, what are they called? Uh, I can't remember what kind of investors. Not, I said Virgin investors. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, but, uh, not angel. angel investors. Oh, angel investors. Okay. And I don't, I didn't take a loan out. Uh, that's why I'm still small. Uh, I wish I was bigger. My wife keeps saying, you know, you're slowly trucking on. So don't, you know take your time but sure. uh, uh so it's tough when somebody goes can i get a rainbow stripe with black beads on a strap it's like well i have to buy 350 of those per size right 
and then I have to be able to sell them. You know, I, I've got straps. Matter of fact, I had 18 millimeter straps when I started. That's I right. don't have them anymore. There's a reason why. Yep. And now these guys, every blue moon, come out of woodwork and go, I want an 18 or a 19. And I'm like, well, you, I'm sorry, dude. Just not it's one millimeter. 19, my God. I, I've got one watch that's wow. 19, and it's just, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it's one millimeter. Okay, what is that? A sheet of paper folded three times exactly. or something like that? Yep. Is it really yep. that? You know, yep. what I have learned, though, is that one millimeter makes a difference on difference on certain weaves of straps. So if you use uh, a plusher weave, like a, a, a shiznit, matter of fact, yep. it will crunch, scrunch up. But if you use like a, a regular Toxic Royal or a N80 or whatever, it doesn't scrunch up. So it, it looks like it's made for it. Interesting. So one millimeter is not really that significant, but on certain things, it can be uh, more noticeable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because it'll bulge up. But sure. uh, so then that's why Toxic NATO started, and 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 it's it's evolved uh, in a lot of ways. But um, there's a lot of challenges, and the biggest one is trademark. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, it well actually I lied. The first one was trying to get a U.S. made strap. Uh, the metric system in the U.S. Unless I come up with ten grand, they're not making me. You know because they have to change the way they make their Tooling. their nylon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I called. I talked to Danner Boots, North Face, Patagonia, um, a company out of Massachusetts. Uh, there was like ten of them. I went through the list, and and those aren't and small. Those are not small yeah, companies. Patagonia. I mean, you're talking no. some good sized companies. Well, and and I didn't know where to start, so I was beating on every door I could to say hey, and they all you know pretty much told me, and also, but uh, yeah. and then I came with a Asian manufacturer, and 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 which is cool, but. In all honesty, I would love, it. love for it to be uh, in my own country, and, and that way I can deal with – that way I don't have a language issue, which has happened multiple times. Uh, matter of fact, my one straps are called uh, Blue Falcons for a reason, and that's because my manufacturer, Blue Falcon me, which basically means uh, uh, I requested something, gave them drawings and everything, they sent me oh, – or something – Something I couldn't put my name on and sure. feel comfortable about. So they're sold at a significant discount. And luckily, two years later or three years later, I'm almost out of yeah. it. Jeez. Uh, 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 <laughs> and people are asking me, can you get them made again? I'm like, no, it was a mess up. Why would mm. I get them made again? You, know? you don't want to put your you don't want to put your name behind that. No. Why would I? And there's brands I can mention that do pull stuff off the shelf and just throw their name on it and people buy it like crazy or they put quick release spring bars in it and they think, oh, it's this one-off custom piece. It's really not. Those right. same vendors send me stuff all the time in the mail to <laughs> try out. But, you know, with marketing, you can make anything seem amazing, right? Yeah. But that's why my marketing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> My marketing is not 
well at all, but you know, I think my products stand for themselves. Yeah, so mar marketing's a tough thing. Ranch Racer has actually a degree in marketing. I do, and I and, hate it. And I he hate hated marketing. it. He hated it. Hate it. I'm it, going to school right now for marketing. Are you? <laughs> 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 oh. It's uh, uh, it, it's a tough thing to deal. Yes. I mean, because it's you're you're on the edge, right? Are you are you being truthful? I mean, it's just marketing's tough. Yeah, man. you're on the edge of BS. Yeah, you want to you have really your are. ethics, and yeah. I, I think ethics really play right. into it because it's being a you know being a um, former well, art person and, and and finance. It's like you just kind of want to be truthful. Yeah, yeah, and that's and with me taking marketing classes and everything. And that's part of why I'm taking it is because I think that I can take from it what I need and make it, make it where I won't lose toxic natives identity and, uh, still be truthful, but able to reach a broader, broader audience, you know, right. Or, or, or ways to represent us better, you know, without, uh, and throwing us in the mud well and it's but, uh, i mean it's all for the most part it's been what social media word of mouth getting on podcasts like it. this right and, and the I mean, reason why yeah and the reason why is because trademark yeah uh that's part of it i can't sell on ebay i can't sell on uh, uh well etsy but the other reason is i don't want to sell on amazon i think amazon as a whole is not a good thing uh, i think that they created buyers from Amazon who expect, uh, even if they're wrong, that you're wrong. Mm. You know, they, I think that, uh, as I don't mean some of, some of the strap guys and, and I talk about it, that Amazon customers can be the worst because automatically think you're wrong. No matter what, if, if I pack something today and ship it and, and they paid for three day and it, they expect it the next day. That's the way it works. And it's like, I don't, I don't have pockets as deep as Amazon, sure. you know, I can't yeah. do this or, or, you know, or, Hey, my nylon strap frayed nine months later. Well, and they want a refund refund. I'm like, really? You know, there's well, a guy actually on Instagram. Like, what did you do said, to it? Right. There was a guy on Instagram <clears throat> told me he's owned every NATO strap in the world, blah, blah, blah. Sent me a private message. He's like, what can you do about these straps? You know, they frayed. And I was like, well, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And I looked it up. And it was like six months later or something. And and I was like, well, you do know it's a nylon strap. Nylon straps on your backpack or anything. They all fray. Mm -hmm. It's it's a fact. And I told him how. I sent him a YouTube video. And he sends me a picture. And he burnt them so bad that there was like <gasps> U-shapes in the nylon. Oh, and I'm God. like, so I... I comment. I was like, is this a joke? You know, I'm like, is that how you seal <laughs> oh, a nylon strap? And he's like, I'm like, you burn them to the point where they're black. And he's oh, like, well, God. if you don't know how to handle customer service, it's like, well, you know, you're probably right. <laughs> but I thought it was a joke. You know, I'm like oh. if, if well, that's the way have to just you, let that roll off. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the whole, he wanted his money back and it's like, and pretty much he said that he would shame me because of it. And I was like, go for it. They're going to eat you alive <laughs> because I'm going to post these pictures if you do. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Like it's a two way street. But he, in my eyes, he was coming from an Amazon buyer experience where he thinks that just because 
they afraid six months later he needs his money back. It's like, well, that's not. That was like Nordstrom I'm in sorry, the 1980s. You... People would buy right. like a and, people would buy something and, and wear it for that. a year, two years, <laughs> yeah, and do. then they'd bring it back. I I've heard of stories like that. Yeah, they don't. They've gotten tighter. But you, you know, I I think you bring up a good point, Terry. I mean, and I mentioned it right at the beginning of the podcast is that Amazon is where you go for cheap and quick, not for um, good quality. It, for, for the most colors. part, right? I like yeah. some of the goofy colors, but or to match your outfit or your right. glasses that day. Fashion. Don't expect yeah. quality for it's, eight it's, bucks. It's kind of exactly. like it's kind of like, yep. like um, H and M. Oh yeah, I don't know. H and M has. H&M. Uh, we we went in Stockholm, honey. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. they have the stores <clears> here <throat> now, and it's it's the latest high fashion stuff. And then in a year, it's out of fashion. And then you'll go and into the subway yeah. in and Stockholm, you'll see trashed five women months. wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like and disposable clothes. It's not. It's not really st- sustainable. It's the cheapest quality. <laughs> yeah, it's really cheap quality, yeah, right. and and then it's out of. It's super super trendy now, but then in a year you're gonna. It's gonna end up at the goodwill, and and I don't buy clothes every month. I'm sorry. I'm neither a dude. do we. Mm, yeah. My wife's always saying, "Why don't you buy something new? You get the same sweaters for five years." I'm like, "That's yeah. how my husband is," and, and a yeah. lot of us, our stuff shopper. is like Carhartt and. Yeah super durable because we're ranchers so so let let me ask you how do you i mean so i've like i said we own a lot of your straps we own other nato straps that we bought before and after yours um how do you was it hard to find suppliers to get you what you wanted i mean obviously you had it you know with the with the one that you just mentioned it didn't. It wasn't up to par. How hard is it to find these suppliers and these manufacturers these that will build ones. it to your yeah. specs? Um, wow, that's a loaded question. So, there's a difference. If you want to buy a strap that every other strap company sells, that's not too hard to find. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that away. If you want to buy, have see. The biggest challenge, I think, with overseas uh, manufacturing is that uh, if you're doing something new, you have to pay for mold cost for like, your hardware, which is $2,500. You have to pay for cost for the, for the nylon. And, and so when you invest all this money into it, they don't care that you did that. So when they produce that and it runs off the assembly line for you and shipped out to you, they're selling it to the next guy. Sure. So that's why if you buy straps at uh, Blue Shark, or which is a great dude, yep. Joe's an awesome guy. Good straps and, too. And yeah. uh, he spent a lot of money starting those straps up. Well, if you go online right now, there's about 20 other manufacturers carrying the same straps that Joe carried originally. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. Manufacturers overseas don't care if you paid for tooling and everything. So copy. you lose out, you yeah. know. Yeah. And they sell, I call it backdoor sales and, and they backdoor sell you. So I'm lucky in the fact that it's only happened a little bit with my straps. Uh, I don't want to mention the two companies, but, uh, but their prices are a lot higher than mine. Um, so it, there is bait over there because, you know, mine aren't my, my nylons mine. But the hardware actually originally came from Blapan. So oh, interesting. So, so the style is from them, 
you know, and a lot of straps do bleed over when it comes to design, but, um, you know, if you put a blah pan hardware next to mine, it's close. There's a little bit thicker and sharper edges and stuff. And, you know, then I came up with what kind of nylon I wanted and what sizes and which is a whole nother, I get guys all the time. I have a 12 inch wrist, you know, can you make me a strap? It's like, <laughs> no, I can't. I'm sorry, dude. But, uh, Oh man. Well, okay. I, so I got a funny story for our listeners and you may remember this, Terry. I don't know, but I think I had bought, this is before I reviewed your straps for wristwatch review. I had bought, it was probably a sh- the sh- first shizn that I brought, oh, bought from those you. are so nice. And I, th- I think I either emailed you or I DM'd you over Instagram. I'm like, I call them the silk panties of straps. <laughs> oh, it's totally <laughs> the silk I'm panties. Not a, I'm not awesome. a NATO person, but They're, I love those Oh, things. I love those straps. And, and I, I think, you know, I reached out to you. I'm like, man, I silk love these panties. straps. I love this material, but I'm a single pass guy. Can you make them in single pass? And you're like, yeah. you're like, dude, just cut the other strap off. And we're like, oh. I I'm like, oh, oh. duh. <laughs> Then I so send you smart. pictures on how to do it, or uh, I don't know if you said you just you're like just cut it off and then you know burn it a little bit. Oh, there, and that's there's what a I way did, to do it because like, I just took a scissors. It's to so them. easy, but it's My kind of ones. funny because as consumers, we're all like you know we want things the way we want things, and as a as a yeah. manufacturer as a business, you, you just, have just to cut it. You know you've got your limitation. I just thought it was funny. It's like dude, you know, just I cut it off, man. Happy medium. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, so for like those most most buyers like the dual layer. They yeah. don't know why, but they like it because it's a NATO strap. And it's like in reality, the for me, the second layer, the only thing it could possibly work for is if you're taking your watch off and you actually hang it by the end of your buckle. Oh yeah. Your head from sliding off. It'll if keep it. You have a lot of gap in between your, right. your lugs and spring bars. But normally you don't. So I think I read somewhere that, you know, there's a lot of myths and stuff about what NATOs are made for. But I think it said that uh, pilots back in the day used to hang it from their headboard on their bed. Mm. By oh. second. I don't know if it's That's true. Cool. All I know is it feels like crap. When I got a tall <laughs> well, and, watch. and I've got a tiny little wrist. So a NATO strap for me just makes a watch bigger and bulkier. And then you've got the tail that goes way up around the top and there's more buckles and on a small wrist yeah yeah so yeah. i i like to like i've cut the but if you cut the sec- that's the thing is if you cut the, if you don't have that second small strap then you can move the watch head anywhere and you can position exactly. the buckle yeah. anywhere you yeah. want you can center, you know? and yeah. and that's something a lot of people say can i center my buckle well you can if you do it that way yeah if you trim it yep. but in all honesty it's not made to be in the center because if you work on a computer you're totally digging that buckle into the top of your computer yep. all day. And yep. and everything you work on, it grabs on the bottom of your wrist. So in in my uh, personal uh, life, if it's, it's better off to the side because it doesn't get caught right. on anything when I slide my jacket on or anything, you know. But uh, a lot of guys say, hey, can you put it in the middle? I'm like, okay, if I make it where – the buckle is in the middle of your wrist for an eight inch wrist. It won't be for a six inch wrist yep. and it won't be for a t- 10 inch wrist because that changes, you know, length each time. So, yep. um, yeah, well, which and... brings in, go ahead. Oh no, go for it. Which brings the other thing. They're like, Hey, why don't you do a sliding keeper like Omega does? <laughs> and like sliding keepers and all honesty is, is a gimmick. It's great. 
if you have a lot of tail on your strap or if you have a huge wrist and you can't fold it all the way over, you can slide that sure. hardware to fit it. Yeah. But for the normal guy, you know, six and a half, seven and a half inch wrist is not needed. Yeah. It's, it's a waste of, and honestly, it feels janky to me. It feels unsecure. Like when I'm sliding it around, it's like, Oh, yeah. I want it to be firm and you know, there. I have one with the sliding keeper and the tail always comes out of it. The same. It never there. stays in there. I'm not going to mention their name. I've got <laughs> it might be the same, but <laughs> it is. I know exactly what strap you're talking about. I got prototypes for that strap. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way I would carry that. I'm like, it doesn't if work. You fix this and fix that. They're like, and the manufacturer said, we'll find another buyer. And then that was the last I heard until they oh. popped up online with this special name. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, funny. you know, certain, certain things, uh, um, I don't know, just marketing, you know, marketing makes it theirs, you know? Yep. Um, yep. But, but yeah, you were talking about where I advertise at. I really don't. I do Instagram, some on the forums. I'm not on watch you seek, um, which is the biggest forum I think around there. Mm -hmm. I used to be on watch you seek, but they didn't like me. So, uh, um, you know, <laughs> that was, it's easy was not to be liked on what you seek. <laughs> it's a tough well, form to was, be on. <laughs> that was prior to toxic natos. And in all honesty, uh, I was too opinionated. And at the time I didn't understand, uh, what you seek was a, was a money making machine. Yeah. Yeah. So when people, when people would show a product, you know, uh, I would be honest at, Hey, I don't think what you're providing information wise is correct. And what you seek does not like that kind of replies. So, uh, and that was like five years ago or six years ago prior to toxic natos. Does, does that hurt my business now? I don't believe so because I'm still Terry. I still call it the, the way I see it. If it's black, it's black. If it's white, it's white. There's no gray area, but, uh, uh, but what you seek change more to a marketing machine or a money machine. And, and, uh, it just wasn't a fit for me. So, um, so, and I'm on some AR 15 forums and stuff like that. I'm on Reddit, um, Rolex forums, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, it's just, and I just started Instagram, I think a year ago, year and a half ago. So it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, marketing with Instagram really. And I don't really consider Instagram marketing. I, consider me being a dork and showing it to everybody out there that, <laughs> that there's a dude behind this this product it's my instagram's not a product if it if it was i would be posting every single day strap photos that's yeah. boring well and you know you look at there was a lot of businesses a lot of big corporations but businesses of all shapes and sizes that jumped onto the you know the bandwagon of social media instagram facebook whatever and now I, I'm kind of seeing uh, there's a little bit of a retraction there. It's not the, it's not what they thought it was going to be, um, and especially now with Instagram and their, you know, they've made all the changes to their algorithms. It's harder to get in front of people. I think there's better ways. You know, I, I really think yeah. there's better. It, Instagram is fun, and for us, we use it as a fun way to kind of interact with listeners. But at the end of the day, I think it's more fun than serious. Yeah, and um, I like it. I'm not a Facebook guy at all. I try. I I don't like the whole band. No, I don't even know what 
I don't know what turns me off about Facebook, but I've, I try it. Um, and I don't think it's a bad tool if you're a Facebook person, but I'm not. So I think I would be lying if I was on there posting all time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't have hours and hours and hours to spend. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think Instagram is more focused on the actual hobby where yeah. you can get into a group of watch people and you're not going to get a lot of other things coming into it. So it's a lot of right. different people coming in with a common hobby and a common love for watches. You're not going to get a lot of politics or any other things. Right, and the mm -hmm. politics drive me crazy on Facebook. So yeah. so uh, uh, it's actually embarrassing to read some of the stuff people I consider friends are saying. You know, uh, we, we uh, got so, off of it years ago. Our personal accounts, oh, we, we bailed off of Facebook. We've got one for Love and Watches. I think the last time I logged into it was six months ago. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I, I did a cross share through yeah, Instagram where, exactly. and that's it. Yep. And I might reply, but, but, uh, uh, my, my extended family use it a lot. So my wife does Facebook stalking so she can tell me what's, <laughs> Hey, so-and-so died or She's a so -and -so married. <laughs> exactly. But we don't comment and I don't post my kid on it. Uh, uh, but I, I used to like, I did it when I was in Iraq because I was over there for four years. So we used to use it a lot to keep in touch then, mm -hmm. but I still was not comfortable with it because it's my, my information and my family. I don't like to share it. Yep. And to me, you're, you're sharing it. So Instagram's more like you can find a hobby or somebody, but the thing that drives me crazy by Instagram is all the influencers, you know, badgering me in the background. Hey, <laughs> You know, I'll show my booty with your straps if you send me 12, you know, Ugh. and I'm like, my Dude. booty looks better than yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, when, when was it? When was the exact time when the word influencer became serious in our yeah. culture? That it drives cracks me nuts. Me up. You know where it started <laughs> these, at? These little where? rich girls going to like Mediterranean full paid Getting, like, vacations. Free hotels and all that. And where right. did it come from? It's crazy. It's, in my eyes, when we decided PC was a term, that was like, like the downfall of our civilization. <laughs> correct became a term, you know, it was like, oh, and then selfies became, you know, a term. And then, yeah. you know, Instagram influencer, like it has, matter of fact, somebody sent me a YouTube video of some influencer freaking out at some restaurant because they didn't recognize this girl. And I'm like, oh my God. Really? Jeez. I'm like, did she show her backside like she was on Instagram? Right. Like, they no, he's doing that. You know, but, uh, uh, yeah, the influencer thing drives me up the wall because in all honesty, if I'm not doing a good job, I don't want your, I don't want your kind of influence you're going to give me. Exactly. Know? Exactly. It, well, it's all, I mean, it's a joke. As far as I'm concerned, it's kind of a joke. You know, anyone can go into Instagram and pay a bunch of money and get 10,000 followers with two posts. Right. We see that all the time. Hey. And then all of a sudden you're, you've got all these followers and you're an influencer and it's, I think there's a lot of companies, like, like I said, they're kind of waking up to the reality of, of Instagram and these other platforms, right? They're not really product marketing platforms. At least I no. don't think they are. Uh, I don't know. And, and my biggest thing is that, um, I, I think there's certain times of the day to, to post and you get more likes and all that stuff, but man, some of my stuff just hits a brick wall and doesn't even stick to it because I've been doing this thing recently where I'm kind of like 
copying somebody else's picture and I'll do my own picture and then I'll put the same comment below it and the same hashtags. And you know, these dudes get like 80 or 90 comments. I don't even get one. <laughs> like, so I know. That was like, we've done the same thing where we've posted something very specific. and It's so frustrating, eh, We man. didn't get anything. I mean, and then someone else does the same exact thing. And it's like 300 likes. Right. It's like, yeah. But I the just did the same I thing got... with the same watch. Yeah. Right. Mo- the most likes I got was, got was when I joked a uh, Seiko lady and I did my belly shot. Oh, man, that was hilarious. I couldn't even stop laughing, and neither could my wife to get the shot made. My wife's like, are you kidding me? You're going to put this on Instagram? I'm like, sure. Why not? And uh, that was the most comments I got. But I'm like, or the fire one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got comments on that. But uh, in all honesty, I almost burnt the heck out of my watch in my hand. And it's yeah, like, that was my, my question. Like, what come was... on, give me some props, dude. Like, what was up with... This morning, what was up with the law? I know. Yeah, PG uh, goes, what was I'm what like, was he doing with that watch? Doing? I'm like, I don't know. We'll talk okay? to him today and ask him okay? about it. <laughs> and if anybody's worried, the 6R15 is not that great of a movement anyway. It's pretty dramatic. <laughs> so me heating it up a little bit. You were testing the band. It was already having issues, I'm sure, from the factory because Seiko is not really good with the 6R15 in they're my not, opinion. They're not. It's you might have improved miss. it, actually, dude. Right. <laughs> you know, a little heat seasoning. That's right. Right. right? That's right. It, it, might yeah. made, it might actually heated up those oils Hard and it got to the jewels it was supposed to go to. Exactly. Say yeah. go. Yeah. Fix it, dude. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but before I sell it, of course, my watchmaker go over it and all that stuff because I'm sure guys are like, oh, my gosh. You know, people on Reddit wanted to burn oh, my, yeah. down my house oh. pretty much because I posted that picture. Jeez. <laughs> they were oh. so mad. I got so many downvotes, and I'm like, it's just a watch, dude. Yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. It's for fun, right? I mean, and, yeah. And some dude's like, you could have used this program that would have put your watch in front of a flame <laughs> and it looked real. And I'm like, but it's not real. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's <not> marketing. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, oh, uh, man. But well, so I don't have have a rhyme or reason why I take a picture doing something stupid by any means. But uh, hey, if it gets attention, it gets attention, right? I mean, I don't know if it does. I get these likes, but no comments. Help me. I know. <laughs> you know. I mean, if our listeners know, because we we've talked about our frustration with Instagram many times on the show, and it's we for us, we've just kind of put it in perspective that's we're we're enjoying ourselves we're having yeah. fun this We've is what we're people all say some really we're about the podcast things. right yeah. you're about oh, your yeah. watch straps and we gotta sometimes it's everyone gets so wrapped up in this right how many followers do you have and right like, that's not really what our focus is you know our focus is talking yeah. to all of the all of our listeners out there so so right you know i wanted to ask you, you so you've got your nylon straps you've branched out you've also got the the um the toxic magnum which is your rubber strap You've got your. Is it called the kangaroo? Is that the leather one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it's a so one. you are. Do you use the same suppliers for those different suppliers? How does that work? Um. Well, I do have different suppliers on the Magnum, and and uh, I do have a couple suppliers. And here's the reason why is because some of them suck at certain things, and some are good at other things. So, um, you can go through a vendor, and a vendor can basically get you everything that you want. I don't have that kind of money and I'm very picky. Mm-hmm. So, so for a while there, like I carried, uh, I don't even know how you say their name, Bonetta something rubber straps. 
Mm-hmm. It, I call them BNC straps, Bonetta. I don't know. It's an Italian company. But either way, they were they were decent straps. They weren't that good. Uh, and I eventually stopped carrying them, even though um, the company itself is not a bad company, but I thought I could do better for the price. Mm. And um, so like the isoframe knockoff, that's pretty much what the Magnum is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is because first, it's a great design. There's no two ways about it. And uh, But I wanted to make my own rubber strap, but I don't have $5,000 for mold cost. And I don't have $10,000 to buy all the straps that are required to mm, buy yeah. after the mold cost. So uh, I've been told that Brillius make, has the same strap. I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know if it's from the same manufacturer. But I like the Magnum. And it, I think it's a better strap than the than the original one. Um, some people m- might be wondering if I, I even own the I have three of them. They're sitting in a Ziploc <laughs> because they smell like vanilla. <laughs> oh, that's right. Three years later. Dude. I it's like, like vanilla. I, I can't. Okay. I, I can't no vanilla? watch trap with There's vanilla. There's a difference. No. Yeah. Here's my deal with vanilla. Okay. Uh, years ago, uh, back before I was married, uh, my mom convinced me to buy a friend of hers daughter uh, a birthday gift gift and it was vanilla like bed bath beyond like shampoo and body wash and all this stuff and uh my mom lives out in the country and 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 this girl she's awesome chick but at the time she she's just i don't i don't want to say backwoods just uh not up to speed on stuff so I buy her the kit, and we go to the movies the next day. She used everything in that kit, vanilla wise. Uh oh. And when she you... showed up, oh, no. it was like O V over vanilla. Yeah, over vanilla. Oh, and my eyes were watering, and my mom's like, "Wow." So she she's like, "I'm like, mom, how do I tell her you're only supposed to use you don't use the vanilla lotion, you don't use the shampoo with it, and you don't use the bath salts that smell like vanilla." You don't use, you know, it's like how much vanilla, but she put on every thing in the whole kit. Oh, but uh, so she, that she strap, liked it that much. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Yeah. So uh, so, not to say it was bad. She had a good intention. Intention, mm-hmm. but when vanilla is overdone, I think it's it's an intrusion. <laughs> yeah. So just like anything, uh, moderation. Right, and part of the marketing behind that vanilla smell was to get rid of the rubber smell. Well. Real rubber doesn't have that much of a smell. I'm sorry. That was, and matter of fact, I was on Watch You Seat back to, back in those days, and I was called the BS flag, and you know a lot of people told me you don't know what rubber blah 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 rubber has a natural smell. Well, it does, but it's not strong. It's, if it's and, good uh, rubber, it's not a thirty dollars rubber, rubber strap. Does there's, there, there's junk straps that smell. Horrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, the rubber's just like nasty. Oh yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's the ones that are like they call them silicone rubber, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And it smells like a petroleum field yeah. with rubber tires burning. Yep. You know, well, it's and like, you can you can get some moldy yeah. moldy smells from some of the stuff that we've ordered. Well, oh yeah, yeah. mold and, like on the leather, moldy, moldy. It's oh like, yeah, ugh. yeah. Well, total like mothball smell. Like it's like, stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Leather, not so much, but like like leather, 
like some of the stuff coming from China has a lot of a uh, mothball smell. And we don't yeah, need moth- well, we don't use mothballs here, so it's yeah, it's right. A it, tough one. You know, I think we're not used to the somebody, smell. Yeah, somebody told me the reasoning behind that is because when they ship stuff over, I don't know if this is true, from China, they pack it full of chemicals to kill uh, rodents, and that's why a lot of clothes and stuff will absorb that smell. That sounds that's very believable told. to me, dude. That sounds very believable because you, you know you're sitting on a boat for six months or yep. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and you just definitely want to wash your clothes before you wear them. Right. So what I was saying is, so the Magnum is is from a different vendor. I only get uh, the rubber straps from them. Um, I really like them, uh, especially for the price point. I I love them. I got one on my Seiko uh, Solar Diver, and it's it's awesome strap. The only thing that sucks about aftermarket straps is getting the correct spring bars. Because Seiko fatties will not fit in most aftermarket straps. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, and then most of my NATOs are, are from one vendor. I, I do carry some Zulu, some that uh, are from another vendor. And then my kangaroo straps are also from the same nylon straps I get most of mine from. Okay. The kangaroo ones are a pain because um, cost. And getting leather is a real pain, mm. but the cool thing about it is it has virtually almost no stretch. Um, oh, if you ever had a leather NATO, your your buckle hole will change over time. Yes, because it stretches and stretches and stretches, and um, kind of like if you ate at a buffet every day, <laughs> and your waist <laughs> keeps stretching. And you don't and wear stretching. your buffet pants. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And your belt gets farther and farther out, and that's kind of like. You know, leather does that, regular leather. So a lot of people make leather really thick. Well, as a NATO strap, it sucks because then you have this 1.7 millimeter thick strap and your watch is like teetering off your wrist, you know. Or or you can't Uh, fit it between the case and the spring bar, right? I mean, yeah. And it's like, that's horrible. So with the kangaroo leather, I think I, I think it, I read it's got 10 times the stink. I can't even talk tensile strength. Oh, I didn't so know that. So we can, yeah, we can keep it at 1.2 millimeters. Wow. And like one of the ones I wear exclusive, exclusively in the winter, I've had three years and it's still in the same hole. So um, they're sweet. They just don't, it doesn't sell real, real great because a lot of people in America, I think, are like kangaroo. Ooh. Well, yeah, you not know, real well known here for sure. No, but in overseas, you know, that that's where a lot, of, a lot of leather comes from, especially Australia, you know. So um where here it's 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 cow, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where over there they're like cow leather, you know. That's really I, I had no idea about the strength. That's really interesting. Uh, but it makes total sense that you'd want to make a, a NATO strap out of it. Well, no, the cool thing about it is I don't have to change all my hardware. Because it's the exact same diameter as my other straps. Right. So. Yeah. Except for the Shiznit. Shiznit's a little thicker. Yeah. Uh, due to the webbing. But God, it's comfortable. Where'd you get that? Where'd Shiznit come from? The 80s, man. Aren't you from the 80s? I, I am Dude, from that's the 80s. The Shiznit. I don't remember don't all remember the 80s, that? but I, I, I kind of I remember I, I grew the term. Up on the East Coast. Okay, I I do remember the term, uh, but I wasn't sure if that's where it came from or if it came from something else in the military or if there was some term that you'd use there, but. 
So it's, it's me and my brother couldn't say the actual word around my mom without getting yep. slapped. Yep. So we used Shiznet when we thought something was cool. Sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, back when they had the Big Johnson T-shirts that came out. Oh, and we all had a Big Johnson T-shirt, at least one. Yeah. So back in that day, you know, you had Rad and Shiznit and Psych and all that stuff. Yep. And uh, Shiznit came from that. So when I first got uh, the prototype made and it came in, my wife's like, oh, that's soft. I'm like, oh, it's the Shiznit. Uh, <laughs> and seriously, and, and my wife, if my wife tells me it's a dumb idea, I stick with it. So, um, you know, like I put everything in a biohazard bag. She thought it was a stupid idea. I knew guys would love it. Guys oh, love it. PG loves it too. It, it's, it catches your eye. It's something different, right? I mean, and you got your, and, your toxic candy in there and it's awesome. And it still plays with it, totally. but it's, you know, toxic waste candy. Like right away I was like, Oh, I need some toxic waste. And my wife's like, really? So originally I had the ones that came in like, they look like uh, toxic waste containers. Which yep. we saw expensive. at the mall. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I had them like that. And I was like, because a, a good friend of mine, I bought straps from him, and he sent candy with the straps. And I was like, that's a good idea. Yeah. And since I'm a broke dude trying to start a business, and I'm like, I don't want to do fancy packaging. I don't want to put this in some crazy wicked box with like this cool storyline and serial numbers and all that. And you're going to throw it in the garbage. Exactly. Yep. It yep. becomes waste. But you know what? I have every single toxic bag that our straps have I use ever. Them. We use them I all use the time. Them. They're great. <laughs> I've used them when I have a medication I have a reaction to. I put it in that bag and oh, I say, Oh, that's a warning. good idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, do not give this to me. Do oh not give God. this to me. And the candies, man. They're horrible. They're so bad, <laughs> but if you didn't ship them, I would be so bummed out if I didn't get my toxic candies with my toxic strap. And, and he tasted all of them. Oh, God. If, I... you can, if you can get past the initial sourness, they're good. Are they? So maybe I just I couldn't get past the initial I need to try them because I love sour. I don't know how so many seconds sour. is that. It might be like at 68 seconds or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it dissipates. Are they gummy? No, they're hard. No. Oh, they're see, hard, I need to. I think I've got some in there. I love Sour Patch Kids, and I love so the um, Atomic Fireballs, and yeah, you'd probably like. I mean, for me, it's ten seconds, I'd and I, it. it's and gone. Then just, I just, just can't do just, it. Just do a chaser with some, you know, Rolades. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of a ways into it. I don't, you know, I haven't timed it yet, but uh, uh, you know, I think if it had a gel on the inside, it'd probably gag me. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, you know, no. if you can get over the initial part, it actually dissipates quite a bit. Uh, I think the worst one for me is the apple. Yeah, that's <laughs> the first one I tried. I think I'm getting into a giggle fest. <laughs> it makes red. like six hairs on my back stand up when I do the apple. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh. And, uh, What's the most mild one? Maybe I, that's I need to try the most mild one. Apple's pretty bad. The watermelon's yeah. pretty good. The water, okay, because I think I've got some in there. Maybe I'll try the watermelon because I just I think can't. I think the black cherry can kind of make your nose hairs pucker. Oh, I man, think it's black it's cherry. So, they're it's so bad. I, they're just uh, so sour, dude. I mean, they are. And, ugh. and you know, but it, pl- it was a way that I could play along with it without, you know, breaking an arm and leg on cost, sure. you know? Yeah. Uh, because I can't tell you how many people will actually, actually request extra candy for their kids uh. or, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> And uh, my other deal was was uh, the Ziplocs work great for storing straps in. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I store all kinds of watch parts in those things. Cases, same here. I mean, everything. 
we have them all over our house. But I'm sure. I originally also did uh, the the neoprene uh, wristbands, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought they served no purpose afterwards, mm-hmm. and it seemed like most people were probably throwing them away. Yeah, and that's a part of what toxic nails doesn't want to be, you know, contributing to yeah, more sure. to the landfill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, so I do include stickers too, just because I know everybody uses stickers. Yep. I see a lot of the stickers on Instagram. People are putting them on mm-hmm. things. Yeah, and we've got them on stuff here. Dude, you know what happened at Windup? So I passed out stickers the night before, and somebody posted one on their sponsored glass outside Windup. Did they really? And yeah, later on, somebody came up to me and was like, "Hey, dude, uh, you can't be posting that up there. That's where our sponsors are." Uh, <laughs> it wasn't my me. bad. You know, it wasn't me, but that was my yeah. bad. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You well, know, it's all games. I mean, I think uh, to me, it sounds like, I mean, it's cool that you're going to marketing class, but you're doing a lot of the right things and, and you know, you, you have grown just through word of mouth. And I mean, I, I would tell our listeners, just buy a strap to get the damn bag and the candy. It's so cool. Yeah. And you're going to love the strap at the same time, but it's just, it's a neat, it's neat how you package it all up and offer it as a product. I think it's pretty cool. Well, and the hardest thing is that, um, most people, including myself at one time, is is it really worth more than a $5, $8 strap? And it's really hard to correlate that Yeah. without you seeing it. Yep. Kind of like um, watch guys having to sell a watch with pictures, like Manta ran into years ago. Mm-hmm. They were trying to sell product at a certain price point. A lot of people were looking at the pictures going, I don't see that price point. Yep. And I was one of those guys that said that to them. And and they fixed that issue, and now they're a great product. And they were then, too, but at a better price point. So it's kind of hard to correlate that, you know. And you don't, if you don't have to do, go through something like that, you don't want to, right? You don't want to have no. to adjust. I mean, that that's, can be tough on your brand. And it was tough on those guys, too, and they do make a great product. Oh, yeah, and it was really tough on them. But, man, they did a great job. They did. Yep. And I absolutely love the Triumph, and I owned it, of course. But uh, yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember when you were selling it. I just don't keep watches long, <laughs> but I kept that one for six months at Anchor. So, but uh, I'm I'm trying to. I want another one. <laughs> yeah, they're but, uh, they're sweet. Well, uh, it, it blows away the quality of any watch in that price point. Yeah. You know, when I'm sitting there looking at it, and all I could see finish wise that competes with it as a grand seiko you know they're doing their job and then something yeah you know yeah for sure oh uh well dude i mean we could talk for we keep well, going for hours but... i wanted to totally get into the beekeeping well thing. that's why i wanted to end it with what's with the bees right everyone was so I, i've interested always in been the intrigued bees. with beekeeping i mean we all knew you had chickens and you and i would chat about that sometimes or joke about it but then the whole bee thing hit, and it was that to me was kind of an Instagram sensation for toxic natives. Where the where did that come from, dude? Um, in in my nineties, um, I was living in Maryland at the time, and and uh, a restaurant, Italian restaurant I worked at, um, the owner was a beekeeper, and he needed a lot of help, and his kids were lazy, so uh, at the time. If he, he provided the beer, I came over and helped. So, um, you know, because I need some motivation sometimes. Absolutely. We and, all do. And, uh, you know, because I was I was intrigued, but I didn't really want to do it unless, you know, there's a reason behind it. But um, And he was big into 
giving honey away and all this stuff. And, oh, and we he love and, homegrown honey. Mm, oh, same, gosh. same here. Yeah. Well, we're not. This is funny. We're not huge honey fans per se, which is pretty funny, uh, considering I have bees now. But uh, we have been since we started the bee thing, and it just started this summer. But uh, um, I've been talking about it like six years. Same with the chickens and. My dad uh, has a farm in Indiana, and he had over 100 chickens. But this is later on in life when I wasn't around chickens. But I always said, man, I'd like to get a few chickens. So finally my wife's like, get your dog on chickens. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went by our local tag and feed, and she fell in love with the chickens. So the the chicks, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, okay. All right, so we're, we're back so, on bees now. And then bees this year. <laughs> I had been talking to them about that for a few years. And uh, my wife's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, they're not as, you know, because I have, a lot of people have the impression that, you know, that they're invasive and blah, blah, blah. There's going to be more bees in our yard this year because you have them. That's not true. But we need them. They're pollinators. That's right. They're good. Yeah. That wasn't my motivation. That is a good, uh, a good reason to do it. I do care about that reason, but I don't care enough for me to get them because of that reason per se i got them because i wanted them and i wanted to try it and uh and actually they work like a three mile radius so they're not really in your yard oh interesting and 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 colorado is a high desert so we don't have a a ton of uh rain here so we don't have plants growing everywhere things so um so we have bumblebees everywhere here in yellow jackets but uh either way my wife got tired of me at mentioning bees and so i ordered some last last christmas and i mm-hmm. picked them up in february yeah and I remember, uh, you remember when you got them yeah well it was crazy it was snowing mm-hmm. when i picked them up because we don't get snow here until like uh february march april may time frame that's when we'll really get some snow and we might not get much you know we might only get two or three snowstorms a year Mm-hmm. And um, and they're not deep like East Coast. They might be like six inches or so. But uh, I drove out to, matter of fact, Aurora to pick up the bees. And um, the guy's like, you know, you need a suit. You need this. I was like, oh, I got all that. Crap. So I came home. My wife's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Well, I don't. <laughs> you know, you the, bought them. <laughs> as, far as, I, as far as I knew about bees is just helping this guy 20 years ago. I didn't actually set up hives or anything like that well i guess you you just set it down and then they as long as you don't move it well i set it down next to it and my this is my theory which does not mean it's correct by any means because i put watches in the fireplace but uh so take his uh, advice with a grain of salt (laughs) right so it was like you know 30s kind of and I said to bees next to it, and I was like, you know what? I don't think they're going to be as active. Sure. So my wife's like, go get your bee suit. I'm like, so I came back with two leather gloves and a paint scraper <laughs> and a welding mask. Yeah. And well, oh, there you go. We got a couple of those it. around here. Well, my wife's like, you have a whole bee suit we just bought. And I was like, yeah, it looks cool in the garage. And so but my I, welding I mask, my welding mask fits really good. Yeah, well, and and I put it in there, and she was like, and my whole thought was, well, you know, it's cold. They're not going to do anything, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I, you know, 
I don't know. And I was surprised. I got 13 pounds of honey this year. Whoa. Uh, That's awesome. Which is not common, especially in an area. So you remember how we were talking offline? We have a lot of mini climates here or mm-hmm. mini. Uh, yeah, microclimates. Yeah. Uh, and so three miles north of us, our beekeeper has a hive and he didn't get any honey out of like 50 hives. No kidding. So there's some and sort of source that they really like. There's some plant or orchard or yeah. something. And he's actually, he's in the country where his are around all these trees and everything. But then his southern one down south, like 30 miles from here, got a ton of honey. Oh, that's so, interesting. you know, it, it's it's not a given. And and I've ordered another hive for next year. But uh, um, So how many boxes do you too. all have out there? So I have, I don't know the names of them, so I might lie. So I have the bottom box, which is where I think they do all their eggs and everything and hatch. I don't know the whole <laughs> terminology. And the second one's, I think, called their broad. It's it's basically their honey and what they live off of. Right. And then right now I have an, another one that uh, is full of uh, pretty much dry sugar for, for like a supplement because – uh, bees like uh, sugar to supplement uh, their hive hmm. when you don't have tons of pollen around. And then I have pollen patties in there. And then I have another box on top. I'll take a picture and send you guys that's uh, full of burlap and shavings, and it's got vents on the side so moisture doesn't build up in the hive and kill the hive. Oh. Mm, interesting. And uh, so it's called a candy board, the sugar, sugar board. And basically you take like – six pounds of sugar and like one cup of water and you just kind of, I don't know, go yeah, around with sugar it brick. It up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just let it dry for three days inside this frame and you put it in there and, and they, they'll only eat it if they need it. Well, my bees must be pretty damn hungry this year because oh, they've been eating the crap. Cold. Really? Yeah. They just destroyed it, huh? Yeah. And we bought another, another box so I can make more in a couple of weeks, but, uh, and now keep them to survive. So I think my next year is going to be my worst year because that's usually when you have to split a hive. Oh, uh, and then do you because, have to get a second queen? Well, supposedly <clears throat> when I pull the frames out and look at them, there's going to be like a thing that looks like a peanut shell and that'll be your queen in there. Mm-hmm. So the, the old queen will lay a new queen and <gasps> you have to split that, put that in another hive and then see if it will hatch, but hatch. I don't even know if that's the correct terminology. <laughs> yeah. It's not chickens, damn it. But Emer- uh, it'll emerge. Wow, it right. sounds so yeah. complex. Dude, it sounds well, really we, complex. We've been thinking of offering our pat. We have a five-acre pasture in front of us, in front of our house that we don't use for really anything, and we were thinking mm-hmm. about um, offering a beekeeper to put hives there and then do like, a, out do like a crop, <laughs> crop share you know, like a um, sharecropper kind of thing where yeah. they could have their hives and if they give us some honey, you know, but I just also don't want to be like swarmed by bees because I'm allergic to bees. So I'll give you a bag of toxic waste and two hives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, actually, so you know what? And we I, don't get freezing I weather, think so. I see toxic honey in your future, dude. Right. Toxic honey. <laughs> I'm gonna start I would love that. Candy. Um, <laughs> you know, there's people that do that and, um, so I think everybody is allergic to bees to a certain extent. 
There's a difference between death. <laughs> yeah, and, and getting a, yeah. a sore or something. Yeah, I got yeah, I got stung and I had because... a massive anxiety attack and like a, a total blood pressure. I mean, but I you think don't need like an epidural. That was or one time, like but I think the the next time I might have some trouble. Well, you know, everybody their blood pressure goes up and everything because you're fighting the poison, the, the poison from the sting. Yeah. So that's common on everybody. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this because, but, um, so everybody gets some swelling. Some might be more than others. So like I. Like I told you guys yesterday, it was warm yesterday, and I actually got stung because I was playing with my without my suit on again, <laughs> and um, I got stung, and then I took the stinger out, and my one arm did swell up some. So I, yeah, you know, I'm allergic because it is invasive to my body, right? But it, I don't have problems breathing. So if yeah. you have problems breathing, then yeah, <laughs> you're actually like death, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, type of allergic to them. But like Kaz, you know. His chest still hurts. Oh, dude! Six oh, months no. after Hong Kong. Oh, I know. that's right. He yeah, got, he got and he still, yeah. and he still can't sleep at night because that bee sting. Well, he's mentally allergic, Poor I think. Guy. Dude, you know? if he listens to this Poor podcast, guy. he may go into a panic we'll attack. We have to give him a warning, right. a black box warning. <laughs> we'll have to tell him right. don't listen to this podcast. Too. <laughs> I'm going to send him a buzzing sound on a on a recording, and you know, have his wife play oh. it for him at night. <laughs> <laughs> to just wake up in sheer terror. Horrible. But, uh, uh, oh, poor guy. But you know that was, in my like my daughter, she had this issue not too long ago, and it, she caused it. So, I, I was over there uh, taking the the frames out for the honey, and um, she was up there. No, actually, I just lied. We were treating for mites, and mm. uh, you have to treat for mites. They say three times a year. Chickens so get those too. Yeah, they do. So I was training for it. My daughter was way up on the other side of the yard, um, and she's timing it because I have to let this vapor inside the hive for like 60 seconds. And um, my daughter starts freaking out. I'm like, what's she doing? Well, a bee had, she's got long hair. A bee had flew, flown <gasps> by. So she decides to put her hoodie up. Oh, no. got the bee in her hair. Oh, man. So she's screaming like at the top of her lungs. And I go over there, and my wife's like, What's going on? And my wife's freaking out. And I'm like, Hold on, hold on, stop, stop the goofiness. And I took her her uh, hoodie off, and I pulled the bee out of her hair and let the bee go. And she's like, He was going to stay. No, he wasn't. He <laughs> oh, he didn't get her. The- oh, she just panicked. <laughs> he was panicking because he was stuck in this big old totally. ball. And then they get scared. So oh, she man. traumatizing him, you know, he's only got five weeks to live and she like ruined part <laughs> of his day in that five weeks, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but my point is, is that I, I have learned that like right now, bees, bees are really protective. I read in the winter because, uh, raiders will raid the hive and steal their honey and destroy the hive, like yellow jackets and mice and stuff like that. Oh. So they're actually... Uh, more particular right now. So that's why I got stung, I think, because they were like, who's this, you know, dude? Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of slowed down for the winter and they're... But they're on guard. Yeah. Yeah, and and actually, if it's really sunny like it was yesterday, they were pretty active. So they, they're still collecting while they go out and still get pollen. I got pictures yeah. of one from a couple weeks ago. I was like, wow. Just I don't know where they're getting it from, but uh, hmm. so it's pretty interesting because in the summer, they're more manageable you know i go out there a lot without a suit on 
Yeah, interesting. And yes, my wife is screaming at me out the window. Uh, <laughs> that would be me. Like, we spent 50 bucks on that. So interesting. I'll so we, we'll have to talk to you more about that in yeah, the future yeah, because we're, cool. we're interested in that. You know, there's a lot of farms around here that do what you're talking about. They have guys that, you know, store their Yeah, they, hives win- they winter yeah. the hives here because yeah. we've got a lot of orchards, you know, fruit orchards, nut orchards that they, mm-hmm. they bring the beehives into and then they have to winter. So that's, yeah. And the cool thing is that, that whatever kind of plants you have around there changes the style of the honey and the flavor of it. Yeah. So if you're like an environment that's, uh, got a certain type of plant, what's the one in Australia? There's a honey from, I think Australia and New Zealand or something. Uh, it starts with an M. That, oh, the uh, Mac- is it Macuna or Ma- yeah, Macura, Macuna, something like that. Honey that is actually from a plant, and they used the honey. My brother uses it uh, all the time for uh, like sores or sore throat oh, or yeah, scratches. Like or... Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. and Healy we have um, our local mandarin orchard. They grow, they grow mandarin oranges. And they sell the honey, so that's what we stock up and on. And it kind of tastes almost this... like orangey. The honey tastes kind yeah, of like it probably has orange taste. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, look, guys. Ours, I mean, you know, I know you two could just like go. Sugar. We yeah, could, we could babble on. You guys could go on. on and on about bees, but it, it's been fun to follow. <laughs> it's the too whole... bad we don't live close enough. <laughs> yeah, it's been. It has been we'll fun be like to follow your friends. journey. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of hands. You can walk around, gather up the eggs underneath us. Well, so okay. So here's the th- if for all you listeners out there, if you guys, and I hope a lot of you go to toxicnatives.com and try Terry's straps because they really are fantastic straps and they're really reasonably priced. Um, if you buy one of his straps and you get the candy, but you also get a couple bees in there, you know no, why? No, there's no bees. <laughs> you might get a couple bees. There's no bees. So Kaz does not want to order a strap. <laughs> Just a heads up, I'm not gonna waste my bees on any of you bums. <laughs> I'll give no you extra bees. toxic waste before I give up my little. There dudes. you go. There so you but go. those uh, <laughs> the sh- the shiznit straps are like butter. They're they're. I mean, that's what yeah. got me into toxic natos was that shiznit. But you, you make. I mean, all your straps. I've got your two piece. You know, gray and black. Uh, 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 nylon for the Omega Speedmaster. It looks great and. You make a lot of good straps, and I, I definitely want to encourage our our listeners to go follow you on Instagram and, and check out your website. Again, it's ToxicNatos.com. Um, oh, and do watch repair. What's that? Uh, I, I do, we do do watch repair. Oh, that's I have, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, two local watchmakers I use exclusively because uh, they're too busy to, to generate work. Uh, so I generate work for them and I subcontract to them full time. Um, my prices are super reasonable. Timeframes are about 10 weeks right around there on repair. And you, and you, um, they'll do like Rolex and Panerai. And I looked at your prices. Yeah. They're very reasonable for mm-hmm. a Rolex. We, so. we do a lot of vintage Seikos. Uh, I do not enjoy those as much. Don't mm. get me wrong because those movements are horrible on getting parts. So then the time frame. The service time gets longer sure. when you're chasing parts. Um, Omega's another tough one on their vintage watches on getting parts because they mishmash so many different models together. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we do watch repair. Um, I do have a third watchmaker that I use part-time, uh, and the reason for that is his skill set is towards a certain model of watches that I don't get as many in, mm-hmm. and, okay. and that's Rolex. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, um, we do do quite a few Rolexes, but not as many as I like. And and in all honesty, a lot of vintage guys are really getting tough to <laughs> to work for too, <laughs> because they get overly particular sometimes. Sure. But you yeah. know, uh, I understand though sometimes. Well, yeah, the vintage markets. I mean, the, what guys are paying now for vintage pieces is is crazy. But uh... yeah, some guys want the loom to be falling off, and it's yeah. like really. Yeah. You know, I we just service this movement, put heart and soul into it. And you want me to leave something that's pretty much defective on it? That's going to yeah. get into the movement. Yeah, yeah, that's it's I can like, see that'd be tough. Is that the patina fad? You mean? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I have another patina. word for it, but I can't say it online. <laughs> you mean tarnish? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, they like they want the dial all oh. original, even if it's flaking off, which means oh. it's flaking into the movement. And well, it's, and that it, it kind of it right? retains the the value right it's yes, just like it woodwork you to can't, certain buyers yeah, yeah like an antique buyers. wood piece you don't want to refinish it but not to all of... buyers right Correct. for me right. i would be just like i don't like patina on my bronze watches i keep them clean all the time right i'm right. that's not i'm not big on that but there are well, a lot of guys that are big on the, the originality and yeah and when this when somebody's badgering you that you know there should be a two-year warranty on a movement service and you inform them that, hey, the loom's falling off these hands going into the movement. Right. And it stops six months later. How do you stand behind that? You know? Yeah, because it's going it's to stop it up. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. That's a whole different <laughs> program. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but either way, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. It's always refreshing to hear different ideas or opinions on certain topics that you don't discuss every day because, uh, Watch people are basically nerds. Oh yeah, in a closet. Yeah. Yep. So when my wife mentions, yeah, my husband runs a watch company, they're like, "What nerd?" <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but uh, <laughs> so it's cool to, and that's why I like wind up and get together's. You know, sure. So that you yeah. have that common interest. Yeah. Oh, this has been yeah. really fun. It, it has been really fun. So it's I, probably our longest podcast ever. I think oh I think God. so. It, we've but we've had a lot of good it's stuff to talk about. So yeah. I, I hope if uh, we keep on, we this keep is going to turn into like General Hospital or something, <laughs> like a weekly series. Well, I, again, Terry, we really appreciate it. I, I definitely want to to um, encourage all of our listeners to go check out Terry Straps. Uh, there, he also sells spring bars, and he's bailed me out on a, a curved spring bar yep. I needed for a watch, and Toxic he sells really nice um, watch rolls. So. Definitely go check it out. Terry, we really appreciate your time, man. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. You guys have a great new year. And uh, watch fam, if you ever need anything, ping me. Awesome. i my best to help out. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks as always for joining us. I am Ranch Racer. And I'm Perpetual Girl. And we will see you guys for episode 20 of Love and Watches. Everyone take care. And uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, for the second episode in 2019.